You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. Hey, everyone. All right. So this is episode number seven of Interview with a Comic Book Nerd. I always have trouble saying that title. It's my title. I need to own it. Welcome to number seven of Interview with a Comic Book Nerd. It's me, your host, Richard Cardenas. Um, Yeah. How are you guys all doing this week? Uh, I'm doing great. It's another great week, um, mainly because nothing bad is happening to me personally. Um, you know, so we can always celebrate that. If nothing bad is happening to you, you're having a good week. Just elevate it a little bit by doing something great. I don't know what that would be, but do it. I don't know. Um, all right. So we're going to start the show with talking about, um, this is, oh, Marvel team up number 100. Okay. So let me tell you why I read this one specifically. It's because I, uh, Amazon had a sale, like a massive Marvel sale for their digital comics and uh, this is one of them. It was part of the New Mutants. Um, I don't know what they called it. The collection. Epic collection, I think, is what they called it. And so Marvel Team-Up number 100 introduces Shan Kui Man, who is one of the characters in the New Mutants. Um, and she is someone who can possess people. She has that mutant ability to possess people. And yeah, so here we go. Um, this is written by Chris Claremont and John Byrne, and the art is by John Byrne and Bob McLeod. I think that's how you pronounce that. M-C-L-E-O-D. McLeod, right? I'm right, right? I think I am. Um, wouldn't be a podcast without me messing up someone's name. Da-na-na-na. All right, so uh, here we go. So we open up with Spider-Man. He's kind of like web-slinging around, and there's a silhouette of someone on a roof. And so we see Spider-Man and all of a sudden he kind of loses control of his like abilities, I guess. And he starts falling from the sky. And um, then we get to see that he's actually being controlled by this silhouette who we later lo- uh, learn is Shan Kui Man. So she gains control of his powers before he plummets to his death. And so uh, that's good. And um, she has him head over to this party that's being held by who we find out is her uncle. And um, there we see that she has a twin brother and then two younger siblings who are also twins. Her plan basically is that she wants to rescue them, her her twins, uh, little twin brother and sister. Uh, she wants to rescue them from her uncle. And things don't go quite according to plan because the Fantastic Four also happen to be at this party. Um, so Spider-Man being possessed is fighting the Fantastic Four because they see him trying to kidnap the kids. Eventually, he's able to beat them, but then her uncle kind of goes over to her twin brother, uh, and he's like, hey, you need to use your abilities and take care of this guy. And basically what happens is that we see that he has the same ability that Shan has. Um, He can control, possess people. So he, uh, I forget, I think he possesses Spider-Man and like knocks him out or something. And... uh, so that's all taken care of. Oh, it's because uh, sh- he pushes Shan out. And I don't think that he realizes that it's Shan Koi Man, uh, but he pushes her out. And so she- he's just too strong for her. And the Fantastic Four are like, hey, let us take him. Um, we need to figure out what's going on with him. He's typically a hero and, you know, we don't understand why he's doing this. So let us take him back with us and figure some stuff out. And Uncle's like, okay, cool. Thanks. Um, so... When Spider-Man comes to, he's knocked out. And when he comes to, he wakes up and he basically explains that he doesn't remember a single thing. 
um, that he was just, you know, like web sling in New York. And then all of a sudden he doesn't remember anything. It's like a blackout. And so Reed, Reach, uh, Reed Richards tries to figure out, you know, what's going on. And he's like tracing, I don't know how, because he's super smart, I guess, but he's tracing how Spider-Man was being controlled and realizes that it's like a mutant. I think he has like some kind of mini cerebro or something. And so he contacts Professor X of the X-Men and he's like, hey, do you know about this? And it turns out that Professor X is well aware that there's a mutant out here that has this you know, ability, not specifically that ability to possess people, but that has a pretty cool ability. But, you know, he couldn't be bothered to look into it. So he's like, why don't you go take care of it, Reed? You know, because I'm the mutant professor who goes and tracks down mutants to bring them to my school. But I'm going to have you, someone who got their power in outer space, who's not a mutant, take care of it for me. Whatever, Professor X. So anyway, the the Fantastic Four, um, they go out looking for uh, who turns out to be Shan. And they come across a church, and that's where she's at. And so Reed's like, hey, she's in there, or it, the person, is in there. They don't know that it's Shan specifically, but um, Spider-Man's like, all right, I'm going to go after her. And so he, like, busts into the church, and he sees a, a girl and a reverend standing there having a conversation. And he goes and attacks the reverend immediately because he just assumes that the reverend is the one uh, who has this mutant ability. And Shan is like, nope, it's me. And so she ends up taking control of the Fantastic Four, like they come in or whatever, and she's like gonna fight him off or whatever. And the Reverend uh, is not having any of it. He's like, this is God's house. You are up in God's house. You cannot do this. Stop it. And so Shan's like, oh fuck, you're right. This is God's house. And so they stop the fight enough for them to learn Shan's past and like how she came to be. So it turns out that she grew up in Vietnam during the war and her parents were killed uh, and her uncle was supposed to take her and her siblings back to America somehow. Uh, oh, he also knows about their abilities because they accidentally used them on some um, soldiers there. But anyway, uh, somehow the paperwork got mixed up or something and only uh, her her twin brother was taken. And so the little kids and her were left behind in Vietnam to like fend for themselves, I guess. Uh, so somehow they eventually make their way to America. And she makes contact with this reverend who, you know, we are seeing right now. Uh, Apparently he was like a soldier or something back in Vietnam and he helped her out at some point or something. Well, anyway, at this point they're in America. She meets up with him and he gets her an apartment and she gets or he gets the kids into like a school nearby and stuff. And so life is looking up for them. Right. Well, it turns out that the uncle finds out that they are in town. And so he basically kidnaps the kids, I think she was like out and about looking for work or something and left the kids there at home alone. And so when she came back, they were all kidnapped. So she knows it's him and everything. Um, so she's like, all right, I'm going to get my siblings back. And so she decides that she's going to take over uh, Spider-Man's mind because she's been reading newspapers from the Daily Bugle, which is um, J. Jonah Jameson's uh, newspaper and you, as you may or may not know he hates Spider-Man and he thinks he's a menace and so um, it's all these like incriminating uh, articles about Spider-Man which you know are not true and so she's like he's a criminal I'm going to use him to commit a crime because he's a criminal this is what he does anyway so anyway uh, we're all caught up and we know their true story and so they decide that they're going to work together to get her uh, her siblings back and I guess they track them down to some dock uh, where the boats are. That's called a dock, right? They they go to the docks. Docks? 
or dock. Correct me on that. Um, so they go to the docks. That sounds right. Anyway, the kids are being put on a boat, and the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man are there with Shan uh, to rescue them, and they basically take out the guards, but they don't really anticipate that the brother is there, and he decides to take control of all of the Fantastic Four, and they he makes them fight Spider-Man. And Shen tries to stop him, but he's, like, way too strong. He's had all this training and everything that his uncle has provided him. And she, you know, wasn't wanting to use her powers at all. So she didn't get to build them up the way he has. So anyway, that that's explained. And um, so he's able to take her out, basically, and he knocks her out. Uh, eventually, uh, Spider-Man, he's still fighting and everything, and he's struggling against the Fantastic Four, but eventually, Shan wakes up again, and she's able to, like, reach inside her soul or something to draw out her power and defeat her brother, and she somehow, like, vaporizes him with her mind, like, literally, he just, like, vaporizes, and, um, he ends up melding with her, so... Now she's got her brother's soul living within her, and thus she adopts the code name Karma to represent her new yin and yang, because she's got her evil brother and her good self now in her body, and that's really kind of fucked up. <laughs> but um, she gets her siblings back, and that's pretty much how it ends. Uh, yeah, so I would recommend checking it out. It was pretty cool because I'd never read anything quite like this um, as far as comic books. I know that there are tons and tons of stories out there that are like this that are just weird and fucked up like that. But I personally have not actually read them for myself. And so actually getting to read one was quite interesting. Uh, it's really messed up. But uh, anyway, if I'm not sure if Amazon is still having that sale. It's like this massive sale. Everything was super, super cheap. Uh, but I would recommend going on there and checking it out, seeing if, uh, you know, you might be able to find something. Hopefully you can, because that's a really good deal on a lot of comic books. Anyway, a couple things happened uh, in the comic book world. Black, tra uh, black trailer. Jesus Christ. The Black Panther trailer uh, dropped. It's like a teaser trailer, so it doesn't really tell you much. But... Uh, it dropped, and I really liked it. I'm really excited about this movie. The trailer doesn't really tell us much. It just showed us a lot of really hot people being hot and stuff. And so uh, I think basically in the beginning you have, um, oh, what is his name? Uh, Andy Serkis is there, and he's explaining that there is this country. He's explaining to Martin Freeman that there is this uh, country that or El Dorado type of place that the people got wrong and um, they thought it was in South America. It's actually in Africa. And he's the only person that's ever been able to get in and get out alive and stuff. So then we start seeing a montage of all these badass people looking badass. You got Dene Gurira, you got Lupita Nyong'o, you have Chadwick Boseman, obviously. And, um, and uh, uh, oh, the goddess of actors, uh, Angela Bassett, She's in it, and she looks damn good. I love her. She is kind of ageless and timeless and perfect. Like, fuck you, Angela Bassett, for being so perfect. <laughs> but anyway, I'm I'm loving the hype around this movie. It looks like it's going to be really, really fun. What I don't like is the poster that they put out for it because it kind of looks like this CGI, like, Photoshopped thing where they just put Chadwick Boseman's head on, on like, this drawn picture or something i don't know it looked weird to me that's the only complaint i really have other than that i'm really excited but uh the last thing is that e3 is happening right now as we speak 
uh, or as I speak, you guys aren't speaking unless you're talking over me. Don't be rude. Um, so Sony just showed gameplay for their Spider-Man game, and it looks really, really good. Uh, some people don't like that the Spider-Man's um, outfit, like the Spider-Man. Jesus, who am I? They don't like that Spider-Man's spider on his uh, outfit is white, which I think it actually looks good. I like that they're doing it differently. I don't know if they've ever done that in the comic books. I can't imagine that they haven't, but um, I think it looks good. It makes the character look a little bit more optimistic and a little brighter. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. But um, I don't know. It, it's crazy what they're doing with video games. Like the graphics are getting so much better. The gameplay is getting so much better. Like, I, I, I don't know how they keep progressing the way they do, but they do. Um, I just started playing Horizon Zero Dawn, and I really like it, but the faces all scare me. It, like, it gives me a sort of uncanny, and, uh, uncanny valley reaction, but not because they look too real, but because they look like something might be wrong with them. Like, I don't know. They're, I don't know. They just don't look, like, CGI graphically whatever terms used to make them look human. I don't know. It just they just, just look weird and they freak me out, but I love the game. <laughs> I really love it. I'm kind of addicted to it. But anyway, all that aside, I have the guys from New York Picture Company. I have uh Zachary Bubalo and I have Matt Cullinan. Unfortunately, Jim Fagan couldn't be with us, but uh I have those two guys on and they're really, really cool. I had a really fun conversation with them. They are here to promote their new uh, movie that they're they're getting funded right now. And it sounds like a really, really great thing. I'll let you guys hear about it in the interview. So this one is done a little bit differently than what I usually do. You guys know that I usually have a guest on to go through the entire history or like just explain to me in detail about certain specific characters. This one is a little different. I get to know the guys a little bit and then we talk about their project. And I think uh, it's something that you guys would be really into. So that's why I had them on. It's really cool conversation. Enjoy. All right. So here we are. Welcome to the show. I've got uh, Zach Bubalo and Matthew Cullinan on my show today. They are from New York Picture Company. How are you guys doing? Great, We're man. So great. Good. Thank you Thanks for having us on. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Um, so you guys have a cool project coming up, and you guys are definitely here to talk about that. But first, I want the people listening to kind of get to know who you guys are as individuals and, and how comics came about your lives. Um, so I guess we'll start with Zach, because you're on my left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where, when, when did you first start getting into comics and what is the one that got you really into them? Yeah. So I just want to say also that we're so excited to be here, man. I think this is going to be a really good time. Um, so my first comic, so my dad was kind of a comic book collector sort of back in the eighties mm -hmm. and he, he was super collecting a lot of things, but he loved collecting comic books. And so he had like when Spider-Man first got that black symbiote suit or when, Silver Surfer was introduced, all these sort of important comic book issues he would grab, like the original black and white Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then I just absorbed all of that. And like that was sort of my gateway into watching the cartoons and then the movies. And that's how I got into to comic books. It was very early on. And also my family's Australian and like really weird thing in Australia, they're all obsessed with the Phantom. Oh. I don't know if you like 
breed the phantom i don't but, like, but i'm familiar <laughs> yeah they're crazy obsessed with the phantom so like my australian family was always like you've got to read the phantom it's amazing it's the best um and i got really into the super old timey hero from 1936 oh, and then the billy zane movie came along and uh crushed all my dreams you were just so i thought you were gonna be so excited it came along but finally you got to see your hero on screen (laughs) yeah just to see that actualized in that way was a real dream come true for me and i mean honestly it's billy zane so it's not like i mean i would have killed for billy zane billy zane's my idol yeah no (laughs) it was was perfect casting in my eyes yeah (laughs) couldn't go wrong Did, did they make a sequel to that or am i thinking phantasm they made a sci-fi reboot like sci-fi channel made a reboot called like phantom 2040 or something which oh, is just really? such garbage yeah yeah don't even, <laughs> it's not even worth googling bringing endorsement from zach oh. <laughs> um how about you matthew um you know i wasn't in the same position as zach i did not have a dad who was a comic book uh guy so i think a lot of my early exposure uh, were really two things one i had a cousin who was about 10 years older than me. He was just like super cool. So I'd go over to his house and he'd always have like a stack of comics that I'd flip through. Um, but I think for me, like thing was always uh, like my game to it was like the early Burton Keaton Batman movies. And then also just the, um, the old Sega Genesis X-Men games, which I played uh-huh. a lot. Like, uh, and I played a lot as Nightcrawler because of at course. least in the first game, you could just like jump through the level and it was great. I got, got through it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And then as I got older, you know, obviously growing up when we did Ninja Turtles was huge. And so I was able to kind of see those things and then go back later and, you know, find the original sources. Nice. Um, all right, so who who were uh, we'll we'll go back to Zach. Who was your favorite other than um, the Phantom? Did you have any other favorites coming up? Ah, oh, growing up, and I'm just gonna go with a classic because this is something I've realized about myself when I was like preparing for this, like thinking about my favorite heroes. Like I love the optimistic hero, and I like I love Faith from Valiant, and I love Clark Kent. I love Superman. And like, I can't deny <laughs> my love for Superman. Like I saw, I know all your other guests have like these really deep cuts, like <laughs> these awesome reasons for loving Mr. Fantastic. And I'm just like, that's great. I, I love Superman. Like I can't help it. Yeah. Um, no, he's a great character. I think if, if the story is told well. Definitely. Yeah. And Zach's also just like an insufferable do-gooder. So <laughs> you know, he has to go, you know, for the perfectly altruistic hero. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not too familiar with Faith, though. So tell me a little bit about her. Yeah. So Faith, she came out in like 1992 in the Valiant universe. Mm-hmm. And then and they tried to bring her back in 2012. And, you know, everything about her used to be, oh, she's a plus size hero. She's the fat girl. Everyone makes fun of her. And then they rebooted her about a year ago in 2016. Mm-hmm. And they don't even mention her weight anymore. And they just like let her be basically this, the valiant version of Clark Kent in a way. Oh. Like she aspires to be Superman. Like in the valiant universe, it's almost like she's seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's seen the X-Men movies and she like wants to be, I really relate to like, she wants to live in that universe. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she like forms her secret identity around Clark Kent. She and, she aspires to be a journalist, but just works as like a content writer for a blog. Mm. Um, and she's really terrible at keeping her secret identity, which is really hilarious. Like everyone's onto her really quickly. And her ex-boyfriend is trying to be a reality show star and she's just trying to do good <laughs> in the world. 
And it's like, it's the opposite of like the broody, moody superhero. It's like very optimistic and full of joy, which I really like as well. Uh huh. So does she have kind of like the grab bag of powers that Superman does? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out where her powers end because it, it's kind of, it almost seems limitless. Like she can fly. I think she's bulletproof. Um, she can like, f- like create a force field around herself, which then she can like apply to other people as well. Mm. Um, so she's pretty strong. Um, so I think that the, they sort of runs into the same issues as Superman, right? Where you're like, if you're invincible, what villain can you have to kind of take you down? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't quite have her Lex Luthor yet, like uh, that perfect antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it is a good time. I highly recommend it if you haven't jumped on the Faith bandwagon yet. Yeah, no, I've I've seen her comic, but I haven't I haven't reached for it yet. <laughs> but maybe oh, I will. Oh, so much fun, man! You gotta <laughs> check it out. Um, Matt, how about you? Uh. Yeah, I, growing up, I feel like, you know, I never had my act together enough to buy, consistently buy uh, runs of, of, of different uh, comics. But I was always drawn to Aquaman for some weird reason. I don't, I don't know what it is, about, like a guy that can talk to fish. Um, <laughs> that, that really had me kind of enraptured. And then later, uh, you know, I, I kind of developed more of a thing for the Green Lantern. Mm. And then I'd say, I'd say if I had a favorite, I don't know, I really love Why the Last Man. And so I, you know, I, I love myself a good smartass, and so mm-hmm. Yorick, of course, is, uh, you know, a great protagonist for that. Recently, because of Zach's uh, love of Valiant, he got me to start reading uh, Quantum and Woody, which has been just a lot of fun. I'm still early on in that, but it's been great. Um, what is Quantum and Woody? So. Uh, I don't know the origins as extensively as Zach knows the origins of Faith, but basically. Um, it's it's a superhero duo team, and they they wanted to take the, you know, traditional script of like a you know a strong serious like white protagonist with a funny like wisecracking black sidekick and flipped it, mm. and so it's these two brothers who, um, you know, uh, Woody who was adopted and he's the white character, and you know, kind of the inciting event of the series is that their father dies and. They are they haven't seen each other in a long time and are kind of forced to come back together. Mm. And as they're going through the investigation into their father's death, they stumble upon his research and develop superpowers and discover that there is a villain league that was out to get to their father. And so it kind of becomes um, this whole embroiled uh, search into their father's death. And they end up with a, a pet goat um, <laughs> and they date clones and it's great. <laughs> what what is the pet goat got uh going on in this story what what's the um, significance of it i don't, I don't it know so if it has far? powers or anything it was like a research experiment i believe its name is vincent van goat nice. <laughs> <laughs> which is great and and you probably okay so i'm seeing a little bit of a pattern here because you like yorick and you like this one yorick has a monkey yeah i really just love animals <laughs> aquaman had fish of course so uh yeah, I'm a sucker for animal sidekicks. <laughs> what was the first Aquaman story you read? Oh, I don't even remember at this point. I, I like, it, it was the sort of thing where I remember, I grew up in Connecticut, and for some reason the grocery store in my town would always have like single issues of comics, and every now and then I'd go in and pull one off the shelf. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I have no memory of, of those early years, but I just like a guy that can, you know, swim with fish and has a cool, <laughs> uh, you know, orange-green suit. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Jason Momoa coming out as uh, Aquaman? I, 
honestly, like I'm, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. So as far as I'm concerned, he can do no wrong. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and he always said, you know, he was on Baywatch. So obviously he's familiar with the water. I think it'll be great. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Jason Momoa was on Baywatch way back in the day. <laughs> the original one? Yeah. Do you wow. not know this? When he was like 18, he was like a young, fresh-faced, hunky 18-year-old. <laughs> and he was on Baywatch. Nope. <laughs> Never knew that. Wow. going to YouTube that later. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I think I read about it when he first came out, like when it first the news broke that he was going to be Aquaman. <laughs> nice. So we're talking comic books. Um, what uh, did you guys think about Wonder Woman? Because I have to ask. Whew. <laughs> <sighs> Matt, do you want to start? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm happy to start. You know, Wonder Woman was someone who uh, was a character like beyond, you know, watching Justice League. Like, I, I never had that great of familiarity. I didn't know anything about the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. Um, but I saw it and I thought, I, I mean, I thought it was great. You know, like, I love myself a, a naive God story. Mm. And, you know, I, the first Thor... It, it, you know, I think the first Thor, you know, Thor just felt like an idiot. You know, he was walking through this world and he was an idiot and it was hilarious. But at the same time, um, it wasn't great. But it, there was Don't such a... bagging on Thor, man. <laughs> uh, that yeah. was great. Listen, uh, Zach loves Thor. I'm very excited for the next Thor. I'm not the biggest Thor fan. However, uh, I think there was like such this wonderful sincerity to Gal Gadot's performance as mm. Wonder Woman. So that that naive god, she wasn't playing dumb she wasn't being an idiot but she was like genuinely just like interested in the world that she was discovering mm -hmm. yeah can i give a wonder woman hot take <laughs> oh, okay are we thinking like award season buzz for wonder woman um like is it in the same league as like return of the king or the original star wars like best sci-fi action movie of the past couple of years amazing performances cool cinematography I mean, yeah, what's your take here, Richard? I mean, I don't think that they'll get any kind of performance awards. Uh, that's just oh. my personal opinion. Um, I thought they all did great. I thought that they serviced the world really well. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't think that the Academy or anyone is going to be giving them anything for that. If anything, uh, probably like, um, hmm, let's see. Do they give anything out for set design? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it's they're definitely going to get like a costume nomination, right? Yeah. Because not only it's a period piece, you know, uh -huh. so, so it'll, it could get well. some, yeah. And action movies always get like the sound editing nominations uh -huh. and the sound design mm -hmm. nominations. I'm sure there's some visual effects nominations in there. Um, yeah, but you don't think it's going to break out? Um, I mean, it's like it's really <laughs> hard for a comic book movie, even a great one, to get Dark that kind Knight? of love. The, the the Academy is so self-serious, Zach. Like, I don't... As much as you love it, I know that Steve Trevor, like, must have a special place in your heart, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> that scene on the boat. That scene on the boat deserves a best of death. Oh, my God. That scene was great. I really enjoyed it. it that, yeah, that was really good. And I'm yeah. not sure if I heard correctly, but I think I heard that that scene was kind of improvised a little bit. Oh my God, that just makes it all the more amazing. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, Did you, sure. what'd you think of Aries? Can we talk about Aries for a second? We sure can. Um, Aries for <laughs> me, I was a little taken aback by the reveal just because mm -hmm. it was like, oh, okay, that was weird, but okay, I'll, I'll stick with it. But I thought it was really yeah. cool, like his formation and everything. Like once he decided to like start battling and like taking all the metal and everything, like I really like that. I really like the, 
the whole like eye gouging mask thing. I was into it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll say something that I'll try not to reveal anything. But uh, the, the the first scene where you kind of have the flashback where you see who Ares is in the past, where you know like looking up at the camera that's floating overhead. I don't know about the audience you guys were with, but the audience that I was with just busted out laughing at that moment <laughs> and just like really enjoyed that reveal um, and not maybe in the way that they had intended. <laughs> yeah, I was so surprised when he started like summoning the armor to him because wasn't all the early leaks like the Amazonians and Wonder Woman are like descended from those Kryptonian pioneers from Man of Steel? Oh, oh is that the you- rumor? Yeah, that's what I heard when after Man of Steel came out that like those those shots of like the early Kryptonian pioneers on those abandoned planets that was going to mm. be where like Aquaman and Wonder Woman descended from. Mm. And then when he just started doing magic, I was like, "Hold on. Yeah. Like this is something <laughs> else entirely." Yeah, you didn't get what you expected. I don't know that yeah. I would like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want the right call. It feels like it feels like shoehorning that universe a little bit that in in not a great way. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and I I'm not a, I, I talked a little bit on my on my little solo time on my podcast about what I want to see in the future for for Wonder Woman as far as like sequels and stuff. What would you guys want to mm. see? What do I want to see from a Wonder Woman sequel? I want to see it be a standalone movie like this one was. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't need her teaming up and trying to make like I don't need. Superman versus Wonder Woman. Like, I want Wonder Woman the whole time. And I could use some more Amazonians, I think. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I was already happy that they came out and said that the Invisible Jet would make an appearance, so that's cool. Um, (laughs) You know, in any potential sequel. sequel? Yeah, I kind of, I love the formula that the Captain America movies did, where, you know, you had your initial period piece, and then you kind of had a more modern day thriller so i don't Mm. know exactly what that story would look like but i mean i would love that the first this one wonder woman film was so epic and amazing i'd love to see a little bit more of that kind of intimate character study Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and she could she could carry that especially because now obviously you know the we're living you know how 80 90 years later what you know what has her life become and and you know, I feel like if we just throw her kind of into the mix and we're trying to infer what, you know, what moments of development she's had and what she thinks about the world she's living in now, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to have an opportunity to kind of, you know, spend a more intimate look at uh, Wonder Woman. Inside the invisible jet, though. Inside. All, yeah, I just want it to be <laughs> just entirely except the invisible jet. It's Air Force One on the invisible yeah. jet. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. Could you imagine? But I yeah. kind of want it like how Family Guy depicted it, where you see her in the air, and she's just sitting <laughs> yeah. down. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I think of it now. I actually just realized that I've been thinking yeah. of just sitting there floating along the sky the entire time. Yeah, yeah that's just burnt into my memory. Someone in the back just pouring a cup of coffee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so currently, uh, what are you guys reading any comics currently other than the ones that you had just mentioned? Any standouts right now for you? Yeah, I'm really enjoying the uh, Black Panther and Nation Under Our Feet. I know I'm kind of catching up with that. I sort of read it when the volumes come out. Mm-hmm. But I just think that is, I don't know, it just feels like and it's because it's written by ta Coates, right? It's it doesn't feel like a traditional comic book story, 
Mm. And it, I don't know, it's really experimenting with the form and like what a hero is, who Black Panther is. Um, and I think like a relationship that is never explored is like a hero and his people. Mm-hmm. Like you never think about Tropolis. I, I guess Batman does it to Gotham to like this absurd extent. Um, but I, I love that relationship of that Black Panther has to Wakanda and that they have back to him and that the way he explores that and also it, it just feels like this breath of fresh air every time I sort of pick it up and read it. Um, so I'm catching up with that series and I've been really enjoying it. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I'm catching up on right now. I picked up XO Man of War uh, as well because I heard that was really great. And uh, yeah, I think that's what, that's what I'm looking at. So mm-hmm. Black Panther. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of um, gave myself away with Quantum and Woody earlier, but, uh, you know, in that kind of, uh, the other thing that I have not yet started, but I'm looking forward to starting is uh, Bloodshot, which is also a Valiant comic. He's a super soldier, you know, who can regenerate and change his shape and all that sort of stuff. Uh, So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Is that a new book or... No, it's it's been around. I mean, he's another one of the original kind of Valiant comics. I know they did a reboot couple years ago um and they've they've actually done bloodshot i think there's bloodshot reborn i'm not positive but he's been around for in this incarnation maybe for like four years five years oh okay um so question um valiant comics is that kind of like a shared universe type of situation like marvel and dc or are they all independent yeah so back in like 2012 they were purchased by these two guys who just like love the universe and wanted to see it prosper like DC and Marvel. And I think the reason why we're such on a valiant kick right now is that they just came out with this trailer and they came out with this press release that they have like this five picture deal and they're going to have all these TV shows, like the slate of TV shows. So they're trying to kind of do what DC is doing on the CW and what Marvel is doing in movies. And they're getting like this like top notch talent. So they're like um, the Russo brothers who directed in um, Civil War uh-huh. and Winter Soldier. They're going to they're going to bring Quantum and Woody to oh, TV. Wow. So they've got kind of all these projects in the works and they just dropped their trailer for this shared universe like two weeks ago. So that's why we're just like geeking out about it and oh, being like, oh my God, we've got to read everything <laughs> and like really catch up. Oh, that sounds really neat. I'm going to have to really definitely check out some of that stuff then. Yeah. You better do it before awesome. it's all over the place. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's yeah. so much fun, man. <laughs> what are you reading these days? Oh, yeah. no one ever asks me that. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. Can oh, we turn this around now? Yeah. Do you, do you want to hear how stupid I am as far as reading comic books? I'd yes. love to. This is the yes. way I read my comics. It's not practical. I have a list of about 40 different comic books right now. And I alternate which one I read, not by trade, but by issue. So <laughs> what that means is I will read She-Hulk number 17, and then I'll read Detective Comics number 952 or whatever. And I go through all 40 of them, and then I start right back up at the top. And do oh, my God. Again. How do you keep track of all those? <laughs> you have so many plots running through your head. <laughs> Yes, it is confusing. And Do you have like an extensive list of notes somewhere that you just? <laughs> no, I just read the like previously on page. Usually, okay. <laughs> I don't think right. the older ones have that, but the newer ones have that. Um, oh my god! But the one that I'm loving right now is the Detective Comics run. Okay. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there. Batman's assembled this team, and so they're all dealing with their shit. Um, but did you talk about that last week? Was that the Thomas Wayne? 
with reverse flash reverse flash oh yes um that was the the button special it was like a four issue special um because uh, they're like integrating um what are the, what are, who are the watchmen into DC. oh right yeah. oh yes yes i heard about that yes and that was actually a really really neat uh book i have never actually read any of the previous dc stuff just because mm -hmm. it was a little confusing to get into but then with rebirth mm -hmm. and everything people were like now's the time to get in so that's what i did um but they have a really nice moment where bruce wayne sees his father as batman in an alternate universe um where the Bruce and Martha died instead of his parents. And so oh like God. they have a nice moment where uh, his dad is like, do me one favor. When you go back, stop being Batman, <laughs> like live your life and be happy. Raise your son. Don't be Batman anymore. <laughs> so, oh my God. That he kind of awesome. like left it at that. Um, but, <laughs> and I know that recently he just proposed to Catwoman. So <laughs> nice. yeah. yeah, all the Time spoilers. Down. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get an invite. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. <laughs> Neither did I. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I'm enjoying right now. Excellent. Yeah, thank you for Yeah, asking. so are you going to tell, have you already done an episode where you're like, this is my favorite hero, guys, and you like interview yourself? I haven't done myself yet, because for me, like, I'm kind of still a little new at the whole comic books thing, and this, like, why I started the show is, like, I wanted to have people come and explain their superheroes to me. Um, sure. because I just don't know very much. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of the approach that I've taken to it so far. So seems to be working. It is. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, if I could recommend a Superman story, have you read all-star Superman yet? If you I haven't have read DC not. before, I have not started all-star Superman. Oh, it, it's old by this point, I think, but um, it's so good. It's like um, eight years old, but it's great. I did just get recommended Superman grounded. Uh, where he like basically walks around the world trying to like figure out if he's needed <laughs> on this planet or like well, needed as a superhero, and apparently it's really really good. So that's super deep. Yeah, I just picked Damn. that up, and I'm gonna hopefully get into it soon. But we'll see when I finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, put it make it number know. forty-one on the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We just keep adding on because yeah. I I get. I get so curious about what happens because a lot of times they reference old issues and they'll be like, you know, this happened in issue one of this. And I'm like, oh, crap. Now I got to <laughs> read that. And so then I want to continue the story from there. So that's why the list just keeps getting bigger and bigger. But yeah, mm -hmm. other, than the, and other than the like main two publishers, I am enjoying um, Saga. Um, yes. That one's really fun. I, I love the humor in that one and the fact that they don't mind getting really crazy and raunchy and just <laughs> completely weird. Uh, I do like Brian K. Vaughn. I've been reading his Runaway series and uh, actually I started Why the Last Man a few weeks ago. So Nice. And he also has one that a friend has recommended to me, Paper Girls, I think it's called, mm, mm -hmm. and which is supposed to be amazing. And then something else that I've read recently is uh, – you mentioned raunchy and it came to mind the wicked and the divine have oh, you read I that? Started that one yet that's good yeah that's a really good one it's got gods it's got all that it's great there's sex parties everything you need in life <laughs> who doesn't need a good sex party exactly um yeah but that's pretty much all that's really what's standing out to me right now excellent yeah awesome well, take that take that to midtown comics next week matt yeah, I will. I will do. Buy all your comics for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're like my dealer. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, this project you guys are doing. You guys are New York Picture Company, and you guys are coming out with a mockumentary. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah well, too. first we should just start by saying that there is one more of us who is not here. He'll be upset if we don't mention him. His name <laughs> is Jim. I don't know where he is. Uh, we haven't seen him for days, oh, but no. he's out there somewhere. He's going to listen to this, and he's probably <laughs> freaked out that his, or his name hasn't been mentioned yet. So there we go. Jim, you're We love you, Jim. Zach. But we uh, love your baby more. Yeah, Zach, feel free to take it from there. <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, so we came up with this idea. So we were uh, sort of like this digital media company, and we make everything from branded content to internet videos. And for the past year or so, we've just been doing a lot of pitch generation for different sort of brands. And we sort of looked at each other one day and we're like, we got to stop making things for other people and just make our own stuff. And we had this really long development process of like, what are we going to make? What's the movie going to be? And then we all love comic books. We all love superheroes. And we're like, well, what would our superhero movie be? What would it look like? And I think it came out of being obsessed with documentary now and what we do in the shadows and the office. And we're like, let's make a mockumentary. Mm -hmm. Has anyone ever done a superhero mockumentary? And we kind of like looked around and we're like, I guess not. I guess that show Powerless came out, but that's sort of superhero adjacent. Mm -hmm. um, and we were just like, yeah, let's go all in on this. And Matt and Jim in their sort of professional lives work in nonfiction television and created a lot of reality shows and nonfiction programming. So it's a genre that we really feel comfortable in and that we feel like we can really execute something really special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I think we were all, because, as Zach mentioned, we had been doing all of this development work and we're, you, you know, coming up with all these ideas that we thought were just like the greatest idea to ever exist. <laughs> and when, you know, when that wasn't being recognized, we tried to figure out a way to tell that story. And so that's how we settled. We have a main character whose name is Dale Dinkle, and he's like your average, like 30 something guy who has like kind of, he can move things with his mind. His name is Mind Mover. You know, very simple and straightforward. He's not that great. He can maybe move a car, but he's got to try really hard. Um, <laughs> and he's just not being recognized for those talents. And so every year he goes to a superhero festival where aspiring superheroes try to make a name for themselves. And he's just determined to make a name for himself this year. It's like he's fed up. He's 30-something. He can't take it anymore, and he's just going to stop at nothing to get that to to achieve that goal. Nice. Um, you guys did put out a little bit of a trailer of basically what you want the movie to look like, and <laughs> what I really love is that you guys included um, some stuff from the movie Super, which I <laughs> feel like to me was one of the craziest and weirdest and like most fucked up <laughs> things that I had ever seen. <laughs> Do you guys foresee this mockumentary kind of going in, a, in like, touching on some of those tones? I think so. I mean, there's definitely kind of a darker side to uh, to our senses of humor, and, you know, and we love playing in that space. And obviously, like, who wouldn't want to emulate that success, right? <laughs> you know? that and, and Rain Wilson is such a perfect analog for the type of characters that we love. You know, someone who has just been, like, beat up and chewed up and spit out and life has handed them are such a raw deal. Um, you know, and they will just kind of go out there and it's not always clean. And sometimes you knock someone over when they're just like sitting in a wheelchair or whatever, <laughs> but you know, it's in the end, you know, they are, they're living their dreams. Yeah. I'd say on the, 
on like the comedy spectrum, like the James Gunn is like definitely in our wheelhouse, but maybe to like the further end of darkness <laughs> than we are. Um, is this going to exist? And you can tell me, no, we will not answer that. But <laughs> will this exist in like a current universe that exists or is it just like real world superheroes? <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh it exists in the kind of a world that we've made up. And, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do is um, we love satire and we love making fun of things. And obviously we love comic books, but we also think that certain things are ridiculous about comic books. And, you know, we wanted to bring into it characters who are, you know, we, we have characters who are like the, the aging golden age superheroes who, you know, where for them like sexism and, you know, getting slapped on the ass was like perfectly normal. And then we want to have like the 80s kind of leather clad, gunned up, you know, superheroes like Miss Mayhem uh, and Sir Chaos that are two of the characters from our movie. And so, you know, we definitely wanted to fill out this own world for ourselves and to give it a feeling that even though we're only focusing on these few characters in this instance, that there's this whole other universe out there. Okay. Um, will there be tons and tons of pouches <laughs> of pouches <laughs> you know like you mean like a la 90s all the oh pockets. oh like like all over the yeah Costumes like all over pouches. like their legs and going like the what are those called like bandoliers or something yeah <laughs> um yeah i think that's that's definitely part of it right like i think there's going to be a hero from each decade kind of okay. represented <laughs> Um, like Lady Marvelous and Miss Mayhem are definitely from like the 80s and they're going to be like machine gun, like just out and, you know, not understanding why people aren't into them anymore. Um, we haven't specifically come up with a hero that has all the bandoliers, but I think that's something we really need to have is like a, yeah. a great shout out. Um, yeah, like the kangaroo or something. Yeah, the marsupial. <laughs> a nod to your a nod to your Australian roots. Yeah. <laughs> just like always forgetting what's in what pouch, right? Yeah, just like, like searching oh, just yeah. like, uh, Hold on. Let me just get out my smoke pallets. Oh yep. god, is it, Did it Oh gosh, I think pie. it's in my other one. I left it <laughs> this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, well this sounds great. Um what is your different roles with this? Um there are three of you. What, who who does what? So a lot of our projects and, you know, first and foremost, we're like a collective. And so in the development process, we're all developing the the concept and the idea of the story together. Um, and, when, you know, when we it got to the point where we were writing it, I was the writer for this particular project. Um, and throughout that process, Zach and Jim were very involved in giving notes and giving feedback and suggesting lines and, and, you know, working on the script with me. And then, uh, Zach that has notes really well. Yeah. I, I just throw things at them until they stop giving me notes. Um, <laughs> and so, so Zach has kind of been, you know, the executive producer on this project and really conceptualizing, you know, like what our vision is keeping us focused on our goals and then also helping kind of like plan the strategy for this Kickstarter campaign, which is like it's a huge, enormous undertaking and one mm -hmm. that we were not familiar with. Um, we were fortunate like early on in our career as a company um, to sell a few commercials, which kind of allowed us to finance some of the things we did early on. Um, but the, that money is kind of gone now. And so we needed a new strategy. And then once we get on set, Jim will be the director. Um, you know, but, but again, we, you know, we are a collective. And so we all kind of work together and one person's overwhelmed on a certain thing when we all kind of chip in. Okay, nice. Um, so just to give the audience a little bit of like 
what they would be uh, supporting, because we do want people to go to your Kickstarter campaign and support you guys. Um, what is this going to, obviously the end product is going to, that's what it's going to accomplish. But like, what are we, what are we helping out right now? Sure. So specifically right now, we're just crowdsourcing the entire budget for the movie. Okay. So it's going to be right now we set the budget at $30,000. Um, we are so close to there. We, we still have two weeks to go and I think we're only like $1,400 away. Nice. So we're really looking to hope some of those hit some of those stretch goals because the closer we can get to like the feature length movie in terms of budget, just the better it's going to be. The more money we're going to have for special effects, um, the more money we're going to have for talent on set. But I think also for the Kickstarter, what you're going to be buying are some, there's some pretty cool rewards because we set some levels of, you can get like the typical kind of things if you want. Like we have a cool limited edition VHS. Uh, <laughs> there's a Blu-ray of the movie stickers, poster, but then you could also buy like, us slapping each other really hard and shouting your name, <laughs> which is a super popular reward level. Um, it's, uh, it's it's oddly shocking. I think the other day I counted, and right now we currently have to slap each other seventy four times. Yes. <laughs> so consecutive yeah, slaps or uninterrupted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we would shout your name and then slap the other person. That's what you buy. It's awesome. Oh, that that sounds beautiful. <laughs> All right. Um, so tell us where we can find all this stuff. Sure. So I think the the best place to go is definitely the Kickstarter page. Um, if you just go to Kickstarter, type in Zero Issue, a superhero mockumentary, that'll pop up right away, or our name, New York Picture Company. The URL, you don't get kind of vanity URLs on Kickstarter, so I, I'm sorry I can't be more specific with that. Or um, you can go to our Facebook page, just facebook.com slash New York Picture Company. We're going to have all of our updates on there. Um, we produce a lot of self-inflicted harm videos as part of this campaign, which people really seem to be responding to. <laughs> where like Matt and I chug a bottle of rosé to try to like drum up support and attention. A so bottle. yeah, if you're really into us uh, harming each other, the Facebook page is where you want to go. Yeah, a friend actually reached out to me to make sure we were okay because the uh, the <laughs> level of self-harm was getting alarming. <laughs> now, are uh, can people request the the kind of harm or is it all specified? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? We are open to anything. So feel free to go on there and suggest something and uh, you never know. It may make an appearance. Nice. Yeah, there nice. is a punch level as well. No one's gotten that yet, weirdly enough. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, actually, the highest level, just for fun, is uh, I think it's like $10,000. But if you do that, I get a tattoo of whatever you want. Oh. Tattoo, wow. Tattoos are pain. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Pull your money together. I'm happy yeah. to do it. Just, I, I, you know, make it make it reasonable. <laughs> I, I hope that one of my listeners has $10,000 to give you guys. Because that <laughs> Me too. Me amazing. too. <laughs> it would be um, so worth it. All right. Uh, so where, where can people find you guys individually uh, besides the uh, Kickstarter? Let's see. I think uh, I'm, you know, I'm on uh, Facebook, Matthew Cullinan. I'm on Twitter as uh, Cully Burger. That's C-U-L-L-I-B-E-R-G-E-R. -E -E don't ask me why. It's a long story. <laughs> we'll get into it sometime. Message me. We'll talk about it. I'm also <laughs> yeah. on Instagram as Cully Burger as well. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a... Uh... I'm sort of most active on Instagram, so you can catch me at Mr. Zacky Pants, and you'll oh. see lots of photos of landscapes, because that's what I like to do in my free time. When uh, Matt and Jim aren't annoying me, I like to just calm down, <laughs> go outside, take some nice photos, relax. 
So it's a very different vibe from what you'll see on the New York Picture Company stuff. Okay, great. Well, thank you guys so much for being on my show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been thank great. Thank you, man. This was awesome. This was so much fun. So that was Zachary and Matthew. Unfortunately, James couldn't be with us, but we mentioned him. We did not leave him out. You heard his name. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Remember, go check out their Kickstarter. It actually looks like a really, really fun, uh, great movie. I'm excited to see it. I know I'll be contributing because I want that to get made. Um, yeah, so all of the links and everything will be in the show notes. I uh, Don't forget that we have the guest page. So their guest pages will have that as well. So just clickety click click. And that is at interviewacomicnerd.com. And then here's all the other socials. You know how much I love talking about the socials uh, at Twitter. Um, what are we called at Twitter? Help me out here, guys. It's interview a nerd. Yes, at interview a nerd. And then the website is interviewacomicnerd.com. That's, that's actually all we have. Uh, remember, though. If you ever want to comment on any of the episodes that you've listened to, go to the, the 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 website, the episode pages. They have a comment section in there. Start up a conversation. Did we get something right? Did we get something wrong? Do you disagree with us? Do you agree with us? We had a lot of fun talking about a lot of the stuff there. Did you love Wonder Woman? I want to know. I think the world loves Wonder Woman, and I think we can all agree that it's one of the most badass superhero films we've had. Oh, one last thing. Remember, go to iTunes. Give me some ratings. I need some of those ratings. I need that star love. If you like the show and you like what I'm doing, go on there. That's the easiest thing that you could do to help me out. Um, and then maybe I won't sing to you guys anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like some of you may hate it and some of you may really like it. There's no in between. In my world, there is no in between. But yeah, go to iTunes. Give me some star ratings. You can give me a one. I don't care as long as you keep coming back and listening. <laughs> right? That's how it works. Anyway, uh, that's it. That's that's all I've got for you. So have a great rest of the week. Uh, I will talk to you pupils next week when we have another episode. Uh, hopefully, if the world is still intact, we can do that. Um, remember, be kind to one another and stay lovely. Bye.